0: Welcome to the Alinea Church Podcast. Today, we begin our newest series, Growing Pains. Pastor Jeremy highlights three main questions. What is growth? Why do we need it? And why is growth difficult? As our church enters a new stage of life and growth, we find it vital to understand the importance of church growth as a community. Enjoy.
1: I still have a bassy voice so the message is still anointed. Amen. <laughs> um Well, just a couple of things uh um one um Manday was uh I heard was awesome. My my kids were telling me what what Jesse taught on so thank you Jesse and Chris for for leading well. Uh Jesse uh we uh, continued teaching on outward integrity and uh um, they had a good crowd, and then uh, Chris, uh, we were getting, t- we were in Texas. I'm gonna talk about that. We were getting texts about these tacos are ridiculous, man. He's tacos. So, if you, if you want good food, second Monday of every month, uh, we are right here at seven o'clock for Monday Monday. So, that was great. Um, services we have prayer and fasting. That is, uh, you know, uh, I've always taught uh, and been taught that fasting starts at sundown. So we're doing uh, three days of fasting and prayer, and so that will begin uh, tonight. I'll start fasting tonight. I'm asking you to start fasting tonight. So what is a fast? It is an opportunity for you to, to give up something in your life so that you can focus your attention more so on what God wants to, to, uh, to talk to you about and meet with you, and, and it gets rid of distractions. Yes, you can fast social media. Uh, that's great. I encourage you to do that. I wish probably be fasting social media anyway. Uh, but fasting traditionally, biblically, is uh, g- uh, giving up uh, some sort of food or drink for a period of time. So you could do a liquid fast um, where you're just doing juice or, or whatever the case may be. A lot of people that do liquid fast, they're, they're, you know, they might put, take their steak and put it in a blender. More power to you don't know if I recommend that, um, but uh, you can do a liquid fast. You can do a juice fast. Uh, you can do a Daniel fast, and a Daniel fast is you're only consuming things that come from the ground, um, and some people take that liberally, like coffee beans come from the ground, so amen to coffee. But um, whatever, whatever you choose to do, uh, we're going to be fasting over the next uh, three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, and then I'll, I'll break my fast uh, Wednesday night at sundown. Uh, but here is uh, the deal. We have snow coming. Uh, so who said it doesn't snow in Middle Tennessee? Uh, but it, it probably is. So there's a really good chance that we will not be meeting uh, Monday night or Tuesday night here just because of the snow situation. And the jury is still going to be out on Wednesday on if we can get the parking lot cleared. But it is also Middle Tennessee, so we might get nothing. Uh, so just just uh, uh, watch out on social media and I'll be sending some emails and, and updating on my social media uh, if, if we are meeting or not. But the plan is, is that we will be here uh, 6 p.m. Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night uh, for a collective time of uh, prayer um, and a little bit of worship. And why do we do that? Because we are preparing for the 2024 season and what God uh, has for us. So I encourage you to do That Uh, And then last, I just want to say, you know, we got to take some of our team, uh, our leaders, to uh, Milestone Church in Keller, Texas on Monday and Tuesday and got to go to a a conference that they had on Tuesday. And uh, we walked away just so challenged uh, about our responsibility and our burden uh, as a church and what God has called us to do. And uh, I walked away from that trip uh, just more in love um, with the team that God has brought us, more in love with our church, more in love with you as people. Um, I was just, I was like, man, we are really, really, really blessed. And you need to know that we are really, really blessed. So I'm just really proud of our team. And, and so, uh, so I'm encouraged to see the fruit that comes. From that, So let's get into our scripture this morning, uh, Psalms 1, 1 through 3. It says, How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway with sinners or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears fruit. In its season, its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does prospers. Let's pray. God, we love you, and we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. And God, we pray, Lord, for an anointing of the reading of your word. We pray, God, that uh, you would hide me behind your cross and speak through me uh, as I deliver what you've laid on my heart. Father God, um, guide my thoughts, guide my words. In your name we pray. Amen. Everybody said amen. Amen. All right. So one of the things that I have learned over life, you you learn yourself, you learn what you're good at, you learn what you're bad at. And one of the things that I have learned is um, I am bad at basketball. Um, I'm not really great at sports in general, but if you put me on a basketball court, my body does not do what I want it to do. The ball does not obey me. It does not go where I ask it to go. Um, my, my body gets exhausted. Uh, I don't know if you've ever just like tried to run like a 5K or a 10K and you're like, oh, I'm healthy. And then you get on a basketball court and you start doing shuttle runs and you're like, I'm going to die. And um, I th- the reason I've learned that I should not be on a basketball court is because I know that something happens inside of me. Where I might get fired because my attitude is so bad. I get so angry. I get so frustrated. Not at anybody around me. But I, I get mad at that little orange ball in myself. And I'm like, something's not working. And so I just like, I'm like, somebody asked me to come play basketball. I'm like, it's best that for all of us that, that I don't uh, do that. So I, I, I would rather watch basketball and just critique them because that's what I'm, that's good. At. Just uh, rather do that. Um, But I came across a stat that blew my mind, um, and in the entire history of the NBA, uh, there's this particular stat that blew my mind uh, that only four times in the entire history of the NBA, and I think the NBA was started somewhere around in the 1940s, uh, there has only four times has there been a player that has won the NBA scoring title the regular season MVP, the NBA championship, the finals MVP, and made the NBA all defensive team all in the same year. So there's only four times that this has happened where one person accomplished all of those things in the same year. And those players are in no particular order uh, Michael Jordan, um, Michael Jordan. Uh, Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> four times. I, 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 was, I blew my mind that it, it's, there, it's only happened four times, and the only four times it's ever happened was the same guy. And what you need to know is it didn't always start that way. In fact, when Michael Jordan was in high school, he didn't even make the varsity team. He made the JV team. You know, the 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 juniors. You know, like had to had to play with the lesser people and, and, and lesser skill. And, and you know, he's probably running circles. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe maybe he was. Maybe he looked like me playing basketball when he was in high school. Who knows? But to say that. Michael Jordan somehow figured out how to grow as an athlete from high school to his NBA career would be an understatement. And wouldn't it be amazing if we could figure out, like, how do we go from that high school Michael Jordan to that winning that prestigious award four times in his career? And and we try to do this. You know, we make a, we make a celebration of this as a, as as Americans. We we do this every year. It's called New Year's resolution. Like, how many of y'all have New Year's resolutions? You want to get better this year, and so you've made New Year's resolutions. Or oh, one person? Wow. I'm rewrite my message. Hold on a second. All right, let me give you some stats. All right, um, a third of you will set New Year's resolutions this year. A third of you. Now these New Year's resolutions. Almost 50%, it's 48% will make New Year's resolutions that have to deal with health. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lose weight, and I'm going to work out, I'm going to run a marathon, I'm going to eat healthier, or whatever the case may be. 38% of us will set New Year's resolutions that have to do with our finances. I'm going to save more money, uh, I'm not going to go into debt, I'm going, to, I'm going to make more money, whatever the case may be. 36% of us will set mental health goals. I'm just going to be happier this year. Or I saw that one. Like, what's your New Year's resolution? I'm going to be happier. I'm like, well, How do you do that? You know, what are the steps to that? But mental health is a, is a big deal. And, and this is the great thing. 80% of us feel like we are going to do it. We are, going to, we are going to hit our goals. We are going to grow as people in 2024. And I hate to tell you this, but 9% of us will actually keep our New Year's resolutions. Only 9%. In fact, there is an unofficial holiday on January 12th. It's the second Friday. It just happened. The second Friday of January, the unofficial holiday, is called Quitter's Day. Because 43% of the people who set New Year's resolutions will quit their New Year's resolutions by the end of January. Like I just, I just can't do it. Have you ever struggled in your life to grow, to grow yourself, maybe to grow your business, to grow a friendship, to grow a marriage, and you've struggled the entire way? Like, why is this so difficult? And in this series, Growing Pains, we're gonna talk about growth and why growth is hard and what are the elements of growth and and why do we keep struggling and why should we grow and how do we grow? And today we're going to look at why growth is important and why it's so difficult. And we're using that Psalms verse because I want us to understand that as believers, God wants you to grow. We need to understand that God's plan for us is that we are to be planted, we are to be rooted, we are to be growing, we are to be healthy, and we're to be fruitful. God wants us to be fruitful people, and I want us to grow, but I know that in life, growth is hard, and I know in life, growth is painful, and I know in life, we we encounter obstacles, and it knocks us down so easily, so we're going to look at that over the next three weeks. Are you with me? All right, we're going to talk about growth, and we're going to grow as people. We're going to grow as a church, and what is growth, And, and I wrestled with this. I'm like, what is growth? How do I define growth? Like, what are the elements of growth? And this is what I came up with. Growth is the result of putting the right effort in the right direction over a period of time. I'm going to repeat that. Growth is the result of putting the right effort in the right direction over a period of time. Because I would dare say that none of us grow by accident. Unless you're like me and you went on vacation, we went on our anniversary, vacation, and I definitely grew by accident, and not in the way that I wanted to grow. I got home, I got on the scale, and I'm like, how dare you throw this thing away? Scale's got to be broken. Amen. I got to get better amens than that. (laughs) We don't grow by accident. You know, Michael Jordan didn't enter his career, and then all of a sudden, got the skill to hit game-winning shots, right? I mean, how many, how many game-winning shots did he miss? How many hours did he put into the gym, standing behind the three-point line, just, I'm going to keep doing this until I've made a 1,000? How many, how many early mornings did he get up and, 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 and wrestle his body into submission and, and, and work to get healthier? Growth does not happen by accident. We just don't wake up one morning and all of a sudden it hit the bullseye. It takes effort over an extended period of time in the right direction. And why do we need growth? I mean, we, we hear the phrase, if you, if you don't grow, you're going to die, right? And it doesn't mean like, like physically you're, you're going to perish, but the idea there is that if you're not growing, you're not going to plateau. You don't plateau. You either go up or you go down. You either plateau for a little bit, and then you start to regress, right? And that's the idea behind that, that you are constantly changing, but you have the choice of deciding which way you're going to change. And if you allow it to happen by accident, guess what? That trajectory is going to go down because you're choosing not to be an active participant in your growth. And growth is also a sign of health. Right? When you, have, when you have little ones and you take them to the doctor, what are they doing? They're measuring their growth. You know, we took, we'd always take Wes into the doctor and they'd be like, he's in the 99th percentile. And I'm like, can we put a brick on his head or something? Like, well, how, how do we slow this thing down? Because growth is a sign of health. My younger brother grew so much in one year that he literally has stretch marks on his back. It looks like he's got gills, like he was like made for the water. That's, that's what it looks like. He grew so fast in one year. Growth is, is a sign of health. Growth is, growth is a sign that the, the, the systems and, and the processes inside of your body are functioning as they should, and so the body responds, right? The body responds, and, and we grow, and we get stronger, and we get taller. Peter talks about this. He talks about our need to desire pure spiritual milk. Why? Because we're to grow. But then Paul Paul also talks about in Corinthians that, hey, eventually you've got to grow and move on past the milk. You need a steak. You need a baked potato with the butter and a big Dollop of sour cream and the bacon bits and the cheese, but some of us were still we're still working on two percent milk, right? We've got to we got to learn to grow because Ruth Chris is calling our name, amen. We got to learn to grow. In a, there's a book that uh, when I'm kind of helping through peop- some people through leadership principles, there's a book I always recommend that they hate, and and, uh, and, and if I have friends uh, from from a previous church that are watching this and they hear me say this book, they're probably groaning in their heart. They're like, oh! But it's a book uh, by Peter Singay called "The Fifth Discipline," and, and it talks about all of the elements of a growing and learning organization. It talks about personal mastery that you've got to put in so many thousands of hours before you actually master something. And he talks about the idea of mental models that you've you've got to shift your mental models in order. To grow and he, and he talks about systems thinking and, and feedback loops. And feedback loops is like if I go to, to turn the hot water on on, on my faucet and, and it takes five seconds for the hot water to get to the faucet. But I think it takes only three seconds for the hot water to get to the faucet. I might turn on the faucet and get discouraged after four seconds and turn it off because I think something's wrong. And many times in our life, we put inputs into our life, but we forget that there is a feedback loop that's delayed, and we, we don't wait long enough to see the results of what we're putting in. That's why we go to the gym, and we, we work out, and we're like, the first day, we're like, I don't see any changes. And then like a, three weeks later, you're like, I don't see any changes. This is not worth it. Because the feedback loop is longer than we think. But the one thing that he says, and this was the most profound thing about the book that that I took away from it, is a lot of times we will put more effort into something and see less results. We will keep putting the pedal to the metal. We will keep accelerating in life. We think we are, but we keep slowing down. And the reason is, is we're not focusing on the right thing. We're focusing on the accelerator pedal when, in fact, what we need to do is focus on getting our foot off the brake. That there are times in our life that we don't need to input more things into the system. We need to figure out what are the things that are limiting our growth. And I want to talk about that in the next 10 minutes and 36 seconds. About the things that are limiting our growth that we need to pull back on that we need to focus on because they're the things that are hindering us. And, and these things are, are what makes growth so difficult. The first thing is pain. Pain makes growth difficult. It says this in Romans, And not only that, but we also boast in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. What Paul is saying is you want these results. You've got to go through the pain to get. The pain is difficult. The pain is hard. That's why working out when you go and you bench press. I mean, you can tell I do that a lot, right? With my big old muscles and stuff. But you get in there and you start you start bench pressing and the next day, you know, your, your wife comes and she starts poking you on the pecs and you're like, ow, that hurts. Right, because the muscle tissue broke down and it's, it's causing pain and the body knows how to heal. But this time when the body heals, the body heals a little bit expanded, a little bit stronger. It's adapting to the pressure you just put upon it. And so pain, though it is difficult, is a necess- necessary ingredient to growth. You've got to learn how to endure the pain. You've got to learn how to push through the pain. The second thing that that makes growth so difficult is time. It says this, therefore, brothers and sisters, be patient. (coughs) Be patient until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer, watch this, waits for the precious fruit of the earth and is patient with it. (coughs) Excuse me, I've had this cough since December 3rd. (coughs) So you pray for me. We have to wait. We have to be patient that I was telling my boys this, they're, they're actually having conversations about what career path do they want, right? And I told them when I was their age, the first career path that I wanted was I wanted to be a brain surgeon. And the only reason I wanted to be a brain surgeon was because I looked at the, uh, they, they come to your school and they give you like all the, all the different career paths and And they look at the salary, and I'm like, which one has the most salary? Brain surgeon. I'm going to be a brain surgeon. And then someone sat down with me, and they said, okay, you're going to go to four years of college, and then you're going to go to medical school, and then you're going to go to residency, and then you're going to go to specialization. And I was like, no, never mind. That's too much time. Because at that age, you have such a myopic view of what time is. I wanted to be a fighter pilot. Like, I, I hated flying. So I was like, well, let me just, I'm, I'm a control freak. Let me fly the plane so I'm going to be a fighter pilot. And then, they, and then they sat, and the recruiter sat down with me and says, okay, you're signing your life away for this long. And I'm like, "Yeah, never mind. Yeah, never mind. Because I had such a bad view of time. Josh, thank you. Everybody give Josh a hand this morning. Appreciate it. Time. Are we patient with the process of growth? Are we patient with the process of growth? The next thing that makes growth difficult is this thing called inertia. You know what inertia says? A body at rest wants to stay at rest. Like every morning when the alarm clock goes off, I'm like, curse you, inertia. I don't want to get up. It says this in Proverbs. Go to the ant, you slacker. Observe its ways and become wise. Without leader, administrator, or ruler, it prepares its provisions in the summer. It gathers food during the harvest. How long will you stay in bed, you slacker? Body at rest wants to stay at rest. And let me tell you, in growth, the most difficult part of the process is the first step. Get in the game. Get engaged. Get out of bed. Put the work into it. That's the next point that makes growth difficult is the effort. You've got to put the effort behind it. After, watch this. This is really, really profound. Joshua, someone taught me this when I I was in Israel. It was our, our tour guide, Gila. And it was torn around Israel, and 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 she she gave us this point. I've never forgotten, and I don't want you to forget it either. (coughs) In Joshua five twelve, it says this: and the day after they ate from the produce of the land, the manna ceased, since there was no more manna for the Israelites. They ate from the crops of the land of Canaan that year. There was a moment in the history of Israel. Where they went from gathering manna to sowing and reaping. They went from God, just give me, I'll go out there and gather. Oh, this is great! Give me, give me, give me. To oh, I got to actually plow the ground, and I've got to put the work into it, and, and I've got to sow, and I've got to to reap, and I've got to watch out for for frost, and I've got to watch out for for bugs, and in disease, and I've got to tend to it, and, I, and I've got to work this ground. So we think in life that, that, that we should approach our Christianity with, God, give me, give me, give me, give me. And God's like, are you sowing so that you can reap? Are you planting so that you can harvest? Now watch this. And I promised you, this is from Exodus. That you that I will bring you up from the misery of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, Amorites, and all the other ites, a land flowing with milk and honey. So they went from manna to sowing and reaping, and they were going to a land that was flowing with milk and honey. And you think they're gonna walk into this, this land, it's just gonna be. Lush and rich and beautiful. and Oh, it's amazing. And this is what Gila said. She said, look out your window. Look at the harvest fields. What do you see? In every field that we saw, there was as high as this ceiling, there was a pile of rocks. She said, does that look like a land flowing with milk and honey? We're like, no, it doesn't. It looks like a bunch of rocks. I mean, wouldn't you be aggravated about that? God, you said a land flowing with milk and honey. This is supposed to be easy. I'm supposed to walk into this land, and it's just going to, I'm supposed to reach down, and there's honey in the stream. Come on, amen. There's milk flowing out of the rock. Amen. Provision. Hallelujah. This is great. And they walk into the land flowing in the milk and honey. And they see all of these rocks, and they're like, wait a minute. I got to put work into it? And that's what Gila said. She said, look out there. Do you see a land flowing with milk and honey? And we said, no. She said, because you only get the milk and honey if you're willing to put your back into it. And I was like, come on, Gila, preach. Preach that. We have got to approach our life that we have got to put the work into it, and then it'll be a land flowing with milk and honey. We've got to till up the ground in our life. We've got to break up the the ground, the hard ground, get the rocks off to the side so God can do a work in and through us. That's what it means to to put the effort in behind us. The last thing, the last thing is this, comparison comparison. Comparison will limit your growth. Comparison will eat your lunch. Comparison will keep God from being able to do in and through you what he wants to do because you're always looking here and looking there. Watch what 2 Corinthians says, what Paul says, for we do not dare classify or compare ourselves. Don't you love the Bible? These verses are in there. You just got to get in and read it. I hope you all opened your Bible this past week and you started doing the Bible reading plan. Because it is profound. The Bible will change you. All right. Side note. Amen. Thank you. I'm going to keep reading. But in measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves to themselves, they lack understanding. When you start playing the comparison game, you lack understanding. We, however, will not boast beyond the measure, but according to the measure of the area of ministry that God has assigned to us, which reaches even to you. God has given us each a specific assignment. God has given each of us a ministry that we are required to steward. It's nobody else's ministry. It is ours. That is your family. Those are your kids. That is your friend group. That is is your coffee bar. That is your area to help people park. That is your area to help people sit and find a seat. And, 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 And that is your work environment, and that's your cubicle, and that's your really grumpy person that you have to work next to every day. And God has assigned you a ministry that is specific to you because he has designed in you the gifts needed to accomplish what he has called you to do. And when you start comparing your life to other people going, well, why is my ministry not that big? And why don't I get to do this? And why am I an ear? Because I would rather be an eyeball. You are short-circuiting the work God wants to do in your life. Stop playing a comparison game. Stop flipping through Instagram. Instagram is not going to get you anywhere. It's just going to allow you to see the highlights and you missed the five minutes prior when they were beating their kids, trying to get them to smile. You just see am going, huh. you got to put in the effort. Ed Land, he's the founder of Polaroid. I'll leave you with this thought. He said, a mistake is an event. The full benefit of which has not been turned to your advantage. See, these, the, what happens is you get these competing mindsets. I mean, I, I think about this in the sense of my kids. Like, I'm trying to create men. I'm not trying to create little boys. I'm trying to create men that are going to get out of the house and they're going to pay their own bills and they're going to get their own jobs and they are going, listen, teenagers, you got to listen. If you're a teenager in here, your parents are trying to do right by you. They want you to succeed in life. They want to be able to turn you loose one day. Because you have grown to the point to where you're self-sufficient. Now, when you were a baby, you walked, but not out of the womb. When you were a baby, you first had to learn how to crawl, and then you got up and you did that thing where the where the babies the babies do this right. They're like, oh, I can pull myself up, and and you start doing this thing right here, right. And then you're like this. You're like, whoa, this is a whole new world. Look at the world from up here. This is amazing. And then what do they do? Boom. Fall flat on their head, right? And then they get up again, and they're like, okay, all right, we got it. Boom. Fall flat on their head. I've never seen one baby yet fall down and go, can't do it. Just Just can't do it. I just don't have it in me to do it. God did not gift me the the ability to walk. I can't. I just can't do it. It's too hard. And I know this is simple. And I I didn't come up with this. There's was a, a a lady named uh, Dweck. And she she has this book called Mindset. Great book. But what she realized was. The younger you are, the more of a growth mindset you have. The older you are, the more of a fixed mindset you have. That's why toddlers don't get upset if they can't do something. Well, they, you, know, you, you know toddlers. They do get upset, right? But they'll keep trying, right? They'll keep trying. Then they turn it into a game. And they're like, I'm going to figure this out. And that's why you have a kid that's learning how to walk. And it takes one step. Flap. And then it gets back up. I'm like, I'm just gonna keep doing it. Flap. We're just keep what no. flap. We keep doing it. Blap. Will you stop falling down? And eventually that baby's like running around. And then you're like, why did I ever let this child walk? <coughs> this is what we have to understand. God wants you to have a growth mindset. And that means God wants you to understand that though you can't yet, one day you will. Don't say that I can't. Don't say I can't understand the Bible. Don't say I can't share my faith. Don't say I can't stand up and sing. Don't say I can't stand up and speak in front of people. Don't say that I can't stand at the door and smile because I hate people. Do you just say one day I will. I can't not yet, but one day I will. Might Might not be able to right now, but one day I will. And you put the time into it. And you put the effort into it. And you put the patience into it. And you keep working. And you keep tilling. And you keep breaking up ground. And you keep working. And you keep tilling. And you keep breaking up ground. And you wait. And you wait. And you wait. And you're patient. And God will reward those who diligently seek Him. Can I get an amen, church? You've got to believe that you can grow. And listen, when you do, I'm going to have the band to come on up. When you do, you will look back at your life five years from now, ten years from now, and you will go, oh, my gosh, everything seems so small. That's why when you're a kid, your house seems so big. And then you grow up, and then you go back to your childhood home, and you're like, how did I live in that little closet? Because you have outgrown your circumstances. It's okay to outgrow things. That's what. Cha- that's why change is painful. That's why change hurts. That's why for some of us, two services is hard, but I'm not gonna be able to see so-and-so every Sunday. I understand that, that hurts. Now I gotta do this twice painful it hurts but growth is necessary would you stand with me and bow your heads and close your eyes I just want to pray for you this morning God we love you and we worship you and I just pray that our people are challenged to grow and to lean in and to put the effort in and not be afraid of the pain and not be afraid of the patience and not be afraid of the time But fall in love with the process. Fall in love with the the small moments of day in and day out spending time with you. Day in and day out leaning into you. God, we love you we thank you. If you could just focus on me real quick. When you walked in, you received the elements and here's what I want us to do. Our prayer team is going to come down front and we're going to do communion. And I want to read this to you. One of the things I'm, I'm reading a book that's just really challenging me on the, on the gospel, on the gospel, the, the sufficiency of the gospel, that everything that we say, everything that we do, that it should, it should come from the gospel, that our hearts towards people, how God sanctifies us and changes us, It is rooted in the gospel. And and I I was thinking about this this week, that communion, the beauty of communion, the beauty of the elements is it reminds us of the gospel. It keeps the gospel in front of us. Jesus says this, as they were eating, Jesus took the bread. He blessed and broke it, and he gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. Would you take the bread and eat this morning? Then he took the cup and he gave thanks. And when he gave it, he said to them, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood. Watch this, of the new covenant, the gospel, which is shed for many for the remissions of sin. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it with new with you in my Father's kingdom. Would you take the the cup? So my challenge to us this morning is God wants us to grow, but let's grow in the things that matter. Let's grow in the gospel. Let's grow in the faith. Let's grow in the community. Let's grow in the things that God has for us. And let's make room for God to do what he wants us to do.
0: Thank you for listening today. If you've made a decision to follow Christ, would you let us know by going to alineachurch.org connect? We would love to put a free gift in your hand. Thank you to everyone who gives to support this ministry. If you would like to give today, you can do so by searching for Alinea on Venmo or going to alineachurch.org give. As always, if you live in the Murphyss-Bray area, we would love to see you in person at 10 a.m. at 707 West Main Street. Until then, God sees you, He loves you, and He wants the best for you.